0: You're listening to Faith Assembly of God Online, a recording of our weekly service. Thanks for joining with us, a place where hope and reality converge. We ended with Adam and Eve in the garden we, we, uh, we, we left them in the garden last week as they were naked and ashamed, and because of their nakedness, they were naked before they ate the fruit, but when they ate the fruit, there became a realization of their nakedness, and uh, they became covered in shame, and as we read that, we recognized that Eve had focused on, she had said, we're not supposed to eat from the tree in the middle of the garden, but it wasn't just the tree, it was There were two trees that were in the middle of the garden. And she really emphasized and said rules that God didn't even make. And early on we talked about how religion, a a religious heart, a religious spirit, treats God as a rule giver and forgets that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. There are rules to follow and things that God would give us, but we don't find God by living rules. We find God by believing in Jesus Christ And then he sets a standard because at that point we're called to become like Christ. We're to live and to respond as he would have us respond. Of course, as we looked last week, Adam and Eve were in the garden and and in their shame, the Bible says that they covered themselves in fig leaves and then went into hiding. They were hiding from God. When we live in a a spirit of religion and we 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 sometimes get caught up in the rules and we miss the relationship of with Jesus Christ we then it's easy for us to be separated and go into a place of hiding this morning i want to ask this question to us are we hiding from god or are we hiding in god are we hiding from god or are we hiding in god you see adam and eve were at a place that they fell into sin and as a result of sin They went into hiding. Here's what the Bible says in Psalm 119.11. And I I, I would encourage you to write this down and make this, if you don't have it memorized, make this a scripture that you memorize and hold in your heart. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, I'm reading that from the King James because I like how it has have hid. And we're going to take a look at that. I have hid. He says, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. In fact, would you just say that with me this morning? Let's say that together. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. One more time. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Some of us grew up around church and we know that scripture. We've heard it. We can say it. And that's a great thing that we know it, but sometimes familiarity can be a problem because we can know it, but we know it in our mind. But he says, your word have I hid in my It's one thing to have God's word on your mind. It's a whole different thing to have God's word on in your heart. It's one thing to have it in, in something of consideration. It's a whole different thing to have it in a life of conviction. It's one thing to have God's word in a place of, of recognition. But then it's a whole other thing to have God's word in a place of producing righteousness in us. His word that, that covers or his word that works in our life. We come to Jesus through, the blood of the, through his blood alone. Salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. But as he does that, his word is hidden in our heart. In fact, you can look the scripture ahead of this, Psalm 119. It asks the question, I believe, verse 8. It says, how does a young person remain pure? And I love the way it asks that question. It says, how does a young person, Psalm 119, I believe it's verse 8, but it's in that, that, that area. How does a young person remain pure? And what's important about that is it doesn't ask, how does a young person become pure? It says, how does a young person Remain pure. Here's why. Because we do not become pure by following any rules. We are not made pure because we follow the Word of God. We are made pure because of the blood of Jesus Christ and we remain in Him by following His Word. Does that make sense? We come to Him through Jesus Christ alone. But we remain in him by following his word and letting his word be be branded and being a part of our heart. Adam and Eve fell into sin and as a result they went into hiding. But when God's word is hidden in your heart, sin or, or his word will keep you from sinning. When you have sin in your life, it causes us to go into hiding. But when we hide God's word in our heart, it will keep us from sinning. Do you believe that? That God's word will convict and direct you and keep you from sinning, that that's his, his, the word that he speaks. This morning, as you open your Bibles to Mark chapter 7, we're going to look at a story, an encounter that Jesus had with some Pharisees, with some individuals that came along. But this morning, the tide of our message is this, tattooed to the heart. Now, i realize, realized, and we understand, that tattoos used to be more taboo than they are now, but they are in the church as well. Now, this morning, this is not a message of is it right or wrong to have tattoos, but while we've got it, and this is the taboo series, why don't we make some comments about what the Bible would say about tattoos? Oh, that's going to be so much fun, isn't it? You know, I said last week, you know those people that just show up in the room and are like, hey, let's make things awkward, (laughs) you know? What's the Bible say about tattoos? Tattoos. This morning, I, we're, we are going to talk about having his word tattooed and that we need to be tattooed to the heart. We realize that, and, and here, just understand, we know this. This Some of it's going to be common, but we're going to put it all out there. It used to be taboo. Tattoos were reserved for a certain crowd of people. There was a time in our in in uh, where we were that the tattoos belonged to the, the bikers and the sailors and the soldiers and they were you know typically just some marking on the arm that that gave gave identity of their involvement. It has now become a decorative part in our society. It has become more. Now, realizing this, one in 4 Americans have one. It also is said that according to US, uh, US News and World Report, that tattooing is the sixth fastest retail or business, growing business in America. So it's become so much more. Now, now, here's the thing. I think it's important. This isn't about making things awkward. This is about, let's be real and say what the Bible says and put things out and say, hey, this is what the Bible says. Now, here's what the Bible says in Leviticus 19. Leviticus 19 says that you're not supposed to cut your hair. You're not supposed to cut yourself when, you, when, when the, there's uh, in, in honor of the dead. not supposed to literally cut yourself. That's what they would do. And then it says, nor are you to tattoo your body. It says that in the Bible. It also says that in the whole area where it would come along and say about uh, uh, ceremonial uh, things that we would do. Now, I realize it is in the Old Testament. Yes, Jesus came to fulfill the law, so we don't live according to the ceremonial laws of the Old Testament anymore. We, we don't. Jesus, G, we're gonna read about that. Jesus, Jesus doesn't justify us according to how we live to ceremonial laws because Jesus, we're washed in his blood alone. In fact, the Bible deals more not with, the Bible is more concerned not with what is on the outside of a person, but what is on the inside of a person. And so this morning, We understand that it is what is on the inside of a person that matters the most. But let me just make a statement. Some of you are like, why would you even do that? (laughs) Number one, because I believe it's healthy when we look at the Bible and say what is real. Here's what I believe, and understand this, I don't believe a tattoo can be an issue to you. But I do believe if the heart of which it is done cuz here's what the bible says in 1st corinthians 10:31 so whether you eat or drink whatever you do do it all for the glory of god you've got to ask yourself can i do this and bring honor to god Because he says here, whether you eat or drink, and when he's saying eating and drinking, he's putting together the ceremonial things that we would do, the the ceremony of certain meats and certain things you're allowed to eat, not allowed to eat, and under the rules and the laws. Paul comes along and he's saying, hey, it's not about the rules and the law. It's about honoring and glorifying God because Jesus came and he fulfilled all that. So you don't get to God by going through laws and ceremonial things. You get to God through Jesus Christ alone. But with that being said, Let me say this, maybe a younger person. Hear me. This is all in love, but I want you to hear. Should you be in a place that some people perceive, hey, tattoos, I was not allowed to have one when I was younger, and now that I'm older, I can do what I want, therefore I'm going to get one. You might think your decision to get one is associated to rights and responsibility, but you might be careful because there might be an ounce of rebellion that really is at the heart of that. There's an ounce of rebellion that can be at that. And if there's any bit of rebellion associated with that, you're trying to hide behind justifications. And Jesus is more concerned with what is in your heart. And if what is in your heart produces that, then if it's out of rebellion, how I many are following me? If it's out of rebellion, if it's, a high, if it's a thing of I'll do what I want now. And I've, I've gotten that perspective from some people. And it really was a motivation that became that they had to be honest with themselves. There was rebellion to some degree connected to that decision. Are are you hearing me? And anytime there's a rebellion or a sense of I'll make a statement, watch yourself. Am I making sense? We're not gonna preach about tattoos this morning, but I already did. i already making. Why not make it for that place of saying what it is that we need to be people who are careful that we honor God. Understand this: it is not what is outside a man that will defile, or an indi- outside an individual. It is what is on the heart. So may I say, if you can receive that tattoo and bring honor and glory to God, that's between you and Jesus. But if there's rebellion, that's still between you and Jesus. And may I also add, young person, be careful. Because what might be a dolphin today could become a whale tomorrow. (laughs) Just be careful. Here's what the Bible says, and we hold all this, whatever you do, do it to glorify the Lord. If it does not bring glory to Jesus, don't do it. (laughs) If it's not going to honor Jesus, don't do it. If it's not, if there's a rebellion, if there's a heart, but aren't you thankful we don't live under ceremonial rules? We live under the blood banner of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. You agree with that? If you have more questions about that, ask my wife. Okay, good. Mark chapter 7, tattooed to the heart. Mark chapter 7, verse 1. One day some Pharisees and teachers of religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They noticed that some of his disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of hand washing before eating. The Jews, especially the Pharisees, do not eat until they have poured water over their cupped hands, as required by their ancient traditions. In the same way, they don't eat anything from the market until they immerse their hands in water. This is but one of many traditions they have clung to, such as their ceremonial washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of religious law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples follow our age-old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. I can't help but every time I, as I read this and prepare for this sermon here's the picture I had I just I just had the 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 Pharisees in my mind getting ready to do like the hand jive or something you know what I mean they're like they don't perform the hand washing ceremony I mean like they, they were doing the whole thing of, of there's a there's a performance you can do to get good at this and if you they didn't perform the I mean think about that they didn't perform the hand washing ceremony they didn't perform they doesn't that even, I mean, stop and think about that for a moment. Their worship was more connected with performance. They didn't perform the right way. It's kind of like, hmm, like we talked about last week. They didn't, is it lining up, is it, is it the right performance? Is it the way it should be, the way it should look? They said they don't perform the hand-washing jive or ceremony. Jesus replied, and here's what Jesus says. You hypocrites. Now, that was not Jesus saying, you hypocrites. I mean, it's an exclamation. And to say hypocrites to a religious teacher, I mean, that is a, that's a blow. I mean, that was, that was Jesus making a statement. Jesus is saying to the religious teacher, you hypocrite. Do you imagine right away, I'm sure all the people around say, oh, well, that's interesting he said that. I'm sure the crowd went, <gasps> Did you see what just showed up in church today? <laughs> he said hypocrite to a Pharisee. Now, you and I look at Pharisees and we're like, oh, yeah, they're bad people. No, in that day, a Pharisee, the guy who has it all together. And Jesus said hypocrite. The place would have gone, <gasps> Jesus says, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Think about that. They teach man made ideas as commands from God. For you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. Then he said, You skillfully sidestep God's law. Think about that. You skillfully sidestep. Put that image in your mind. We're going to come back to it. But you skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own tradition. For instance, Moses gave you this law from God. And he's saying, Here's an example. This one, try this one on. He says, Here's what happens. Moses told you from the law of God, honor your father and mother and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. I like to remind my kids of the Old Testament. It's in there. And I also know we live in the New Testament, but the Old Testament does. Aren't you thankful we live in the New Testament? And all the current children and former teenagers said, Amen. There's some of you. If we lived under the Old Testament, you wouldn't be here right now. You would not be here. He says, anyone who speaks disrespectfully to father or mother must be put to death. But you say it's all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I have made a vow to give what I have to God. And it's what I would have given to you, but I've already vowed to give it to God. And in this way, you let them disregard their needy parents. And so you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. And this is only one example among many others. Let me just give you the, the picture here. What he's saying is, here's just one example. You are supposed to honor your father and mother. But as they get older, they become having needs. And instead of you giving resources to help them, you have vowed what is called Corbin and it's it's the it's the jewish word that means to reserve as a gift for god and what they would do It was kind of their way of sneaking around things and and making it work to their benefit Ah, oh, mom and dad I would give it to you, but i've already called this corbin this belongs to god Therefore, I can't give it to you because it belongs to god But really what that means is i'm going to keep using it on me And the only time it goes to god is when I die and i'm done with it And so what they're saying is this is my way to get around the system hearing that this is my way oh it's corbin i would give it to you i would help i would provide Ah, oh, but i've already given it to god but in reality god's not going to get it until i die but until then this works out to my benefit so you, you get the picture so this is for my benefit. And here's what he said. These, this is just one of the things you do. You, you, you use and manipulate and make things work to your advantage. Your religion is more about you looking good and more about you than it is about me. It's more about you than it is about truth. It's more about what you think than it is about what really is in the Bible. or what They wouldn't have the Bible then, but you know what I'm talking about. They had the, they had, they had the law. They had the word of God. He says, this is only one example, verse 14, then Jesus called the crowd to come and hear. All of you listen, he said. Now he's getting the crowd involved. You know, the crowd that went, <gasps> and Jesus said, now I want y'all to come in here. Okay. Jesus said, now I want y'all to listen. I want you to hear the moral of what's happening right here. This is a teaching moment. How many know Jesus made an awkward moment? I mean, he made it awkward the moment he said, you hypocrites. <laughs> oh, I can't believe he just said that. Jesus said, I want y'all to come in here. I want you to hear this. Jesus said this, all of you listen and try to understand, it's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes out from your heart. It is your heart that defiles you. Father, this morning I pray that you would give us insight, wisdom, and God a willingness to hear your truth, your word, so that we might live according to your purposes for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's not what goes into a person that defiles them. It's what goes out. It's not what's on them. It's what's inside of them. It's not the things that are around you. It's what comes out of you. It's what your heart is. Your heart is deceitful and wicked above all things. Jeremiah said, guard your heart. In Proverbs, we're told to guard the heart. The heart is the issue of the matter. You see, there are people who they'll have tattoos and and they go through this process. I don't have a tattoo. I'm not pretty interested or eager to have one uh dad never let me have one and i was never the one saying oh shucks i want to get one but that's just between the lord and i and i've not done that but i understand you take the process and you you put this permanent ink under the skin and it becomes a layer of permanent ink under the skin I, That's a tattoo. I believe we need a tattoo this morning. There needs to be the permanent word of God applied deeper than the skin to the heart of who we are, that the person of where we are, that his word needs to be branded on our heart. I was with uh, someone this week, and they're in the hospital and praying for them, and and, uh, they're unconscious, but as they're laying in the bed, there's tattoos on the arm. And right here on the right arm, or I'm sorry, the left arm, right at the, uh, uh, just below the elbow-like, it it had the scripture, and it said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them all. Now, it's one thing to have it applied to your skin, but it doesn't matter if it's on your skin, doesn't matter if it's on your bumper, who has bumper stickers anymore, we don't do that. It doesn't matter if it's on your t-shirt. doesn't matter if it's on a nice decal in your home. It doesn't matter where it is. What matters today, church, is it on your heart? Has it been applied to your heart? Heart has the word of God penetrated the skin and gone deeper to a place that it has branded our heart. The prophet Samuel in the Old Testament went out to Jesse's homestead and Jesse was the father of David. You know, the guy, maybe you've read the story or you've been around church long enough and Jesse fought or David fought Goliath. Well, David was the son of Jesse and Samuel was the prophet who went and found him to be the king. But before he found David, Samuel's going along to find the right king. And here are the older brothers of David lined up. And when Jesse shows up, Jesse sees Eliab. And Jesse says, surely, God, this has got to be the guy you've got picked. I mean, he's handsome. He's tall. He's got skills. He's got position. This has got to be the guy. The Lord knows it in his heart, in in, in Samuel's heart. And here's what the Lord says in, in 1 Samuel 16. Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. Now, think about that. God said, I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearances, but the Lord looks at The heart. The Lord is looking at the heart. And here it is, Eliab and Samuel, who is a prophet of God, even saw, according to what Samuel could see, this has to be the guy. Now here's the prophet of God saying, this looks like the guy who fits the bill. This has got to be him. He's tall. He's got position. He's got skill. He's got ability. This has got to be the guy. And the Lord speaks to him and says, no, I don't look the way you look. I don't look the way you look upon people. Man looks on the outward appearance. But I'm looking at the heart. And he says, I see something in his heart that I reject. I wonder today in the lineup, God, where my heart is today, will you reject or receive my heart? In the lineup, because, and let me tell you, you might say, well, I don't know if he's gonna receive me. I've been this, I've been this, I've been this. Count up all you want, forget it. Let me ask this one thing. Does the blood of Jesus Christ cover your life today? In the Old Testament, that was something of different, but here today, the blood of Jesus Christ covers us, and when God looks at my heart, all he cares about is whether or not the blood of Jesus has been applied to this life, to this heart. God looks on the outward appearance. He looks differently than the others do. Here it is. Eliab is rejected because something was in his heart, and there's something wrong here at the Pharisees' heart as well. They've come to criticize Jesus. They became critics. You notice they came from Jerusalem. <gasps> Jerusalem. I mean, these are the high up, bitty uppies, upper uppies people. I mean, these are the ones. I mean, they're not just teachers from other... These guys are from the holy city. Da, da, da. They're coming to Jesus. We want to see if this is measuring up the right way. We've heard about your ministry here. They, they, literally, they came to spy on Jesus. We're hearing about what's going on and we came to see if this matches our standards, lines up with what we do here. <clears throat> Jesus... Your disciples did not wash their hands and do the hand jive thing like we do. They didn't perform the ceremony the way we do. Jesus, here we go again. The Pharisees come along and there's something in their heart and here's what Jesus says to them. Their first issue was that they were more concerned with performance than they were with purification. Here's the reality. They didn't care about hygiene. This wasn't some guy who was trained in the local clinic and how to keep things safe and food preparation people. No, these were Pharisees. They didn't care about hygiene. They cared about performance. They weren't really concerned about purification. They weren't really concerned about truth. They were just concerned about their traditions and their way of doing things. Do you hear that? They weren't concerned about what was truth. They just wanted to make sure it lined up with the way they always did it and what they thought and how they looked at things. But they had to be willing Can I say to us, church, we've got to be careful that we don't live life to ignoring truth because we're so living in what has been our custom, our tradition, or the way it's always been, but we've got to say, God, not the way it's always been, what has your truth always said And according to your word alone, let that be applied to my heart. Let the way that I live and the things that I do be what your word says and let that be what is applied. Jesus responds to him and he says, you hypocrites. Now, if you know what this word hypocrites means, it literally means this. In in its origin, the root word, it means staged actors. What's a staged actor? Someone who puts on a costume and pretends to be something they're not. They're a hypocrite. You know, like the guy who, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on television. Well, great. (laughs) I'd like to get your opinion on this. (laughs) They they become, they're actors. They put on a performance. I've said this many times, and this this is my worship with the Lord. I always say to God, God, let what I do in public be nothing compared to what I've done in private. Meaning, in my time with worship, can I tell you, I don't just sing to God on Sunday morning when we're singing and having worship. There are Thursday mornings, sometimes others, but mostly Thursday mornings when the sanctuary is open for prayer. Somewhere between the 7.30 and the 9 o'clock hour, I'm standing over here at this cross. Listen, I'm only to hear because I stand at the front of this cross and I sing songs without a piano and I just worship and I walk the front. of what, why, why am I doing that? Because I say to God, God, I don't want to put on a performance. What I do is who you are in my life. I don't just do this whenever it's time. This is a part of my life. Jalen will say in random moments where I'll just be walking along and say, man, God, you're good. <laughs> Dad, what was that? What you I just had that moment, just God is good. So you talk to God like he's really there because he's been branded on my heart he's not the tooth fairy he doesn't sneak in at night when i can't see him and put the money under the pillow and dang gone it he didn't show up today lord oh lord today look today rub the bible if i do it just right no he walks with me he talks with me he tells me i'm his own and it becomes something that is so branded to the heart. And, and here it is. Jesus says, you hypocrites, you worship, you worship with your lips, but your heart is far from me. There's a gap between your lips and your heart. There's a gap because you are, you are a performer, but you are not practicing. You are performing, but not practicing. Let me ask you, have you become more of a performer or one who practices? Has it become more you're performing that really it becomes when the lights are on, when people see and we say all the right stuff, we say all the right things in all those right moments. I'll be honest with you, some of my early years as a teenager, I had a little bit of a hard time with the church because I watched people who could give a message in tongues, but then I'd go to their house and hang out with their family and they would talk to their wife with that same tongue that they gave a message, and I thought, God, if I never got turned off to Jesus, but I had some years getting turned off to church. I had some years saying, Jesus, if this is what church is, I know you're real, I know you're everything you say, and I know you're all that, but this has been a little hard sometimes, and so I say to God, God, let us be people who are not more concerned with performance but we practice the presence of God. It becomes a part of who we are. It becomes our heartbeat, everything that we're about. Actors can put on a costume. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come and help us close this morning. God, help us not be actors. Now, here's three questions I wanna ask you, and you can write these down this morning, because here's the word that we, that we looked at. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. But here's the question. I wanna break that middle part out. And just these three words, have I hid have you hid he says your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you have you hid God's word in your heart let me give you three questions this morning that ask us if we've hid God's word number one H we're just going to do this whole thing of the H the I the D okay never mind That's a, maybe you can remember write them down number one how deep is my worship how deep is my worship If my worship is just surface, a tattoo gets under the skin. But you know what else gets under the skin? Things that irritate me. Right? Things that irritate. And we can allow things to get, the tattoo goes under the skin, but let me ask you has the Word of God broken and penetrated even deeper? Has your worship gone deeper? Has your worship become more than just your opinions? sometimes listen you can get turned off to church can I let me just say sometimes it's not all people it's me and when I talked earlier about you know stuff I saw and I got turned off with I thought man what is this I believe God was using that in my young years as a teenager to turn inward and say so what about you Where's the hypocrisy inside of you? Where's the difference inside of you? Where are the things inside of you? Because it's never enough to leave it be someone else. It always has to be a mirror that reverses. And I look at myself and say, what is it about me? Because I can't affect your heart. Only Jesus Christ can. I can't change your heart. Only Jesus Christ can. But I become responsible for the heart that works inside of me. And so it becomes something I have to ask myself. And look, how deep is my worship? Let me give you number two, the I. Is my perspective more on tradition or truth? Am I more concerned about the way we've always done it? Or am I passionate about the truth? Can I tell you this? You will be more irritated when you're more about tradition than you are about truth. An irritated Christian... Is a person who is more concerned with cust- is more concerned with customs and tradition than they are with the truth of God's word, because it's hard to irritate somebody when they're holding on to the truth and the truth is all that matters and they don't care what's going on because they're holding on to truth. They know that in everything truth is going to prevail. Does that make sense? You become an irritated person when you hold more to customs and your focus is more on customs and traditions. You become irritated because it doesn't happen the way you think. It doesn't go. Do. But when you hold on to truth, it doesn't shake you much. You know why? Because you know truth is truth, and truth will always be truth. And doesn't matter what happens today. Truth is going to remain. It's always going to be truth. You're holding on to truth. You are consumed by truth. But when you're consumed by tradition, you become agitated. How many know sometimes the church is filled with agitated people? All the world these days, all the problems we've got, all the stuff that's going wrong, all the things that truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth this is all we've got those are traditions those are customs they'll come and go but he said my word will never fade though heaven and earth pass away though things come and go my word will remain forever do we hold deeper is our perspective more on the tradition or truth here's the last one does the life i live produce manipulation or manifestation listen does what i produce in my life the things that i produce is it more manipulation or manifestation? Let me give you the definitions. Manipulation is to manage skillfully to my advantage. When I manipulate something, I manage skillfully to my advantage. But when there's a manifestation, that is to display with evidence and clarity. Let me ask you. Because here's what, here's what happened. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you skillfully sidestep the law. Do you hear that? You skillfully sidestep. You skillfully manipulate the situation to work it out to your advantage. And when the word of God is a surface thing, we let the word of God manipulate more than we let it manifest in us. Unfortunately, our relationships in life, and we're not gonna go into this, but pray and ask the Lord. We have begun really good, we are really good at manipulating people. We manipulate people. We use our words to manipulate. We even use God's word to manipulate and make it work. Get to the heart of it. And what is truth? And is his glory being rightly displayed in my life? Or am I manipulating this to fit me? Here's what happens with manipulation. And manipulation, it all revolves around me. My opinion, my thoughts, my customs, my traditions, my expectations, it's what I want. And I want to manipulate things to fit me. But manifestation is where I say, God, this isn't about me. This is about you receiving glory. So I want everything that comes out of me to honor and to glorify you. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. I'm branded by His word his word is living and active i want his word i want and listen i will always and there are times if i'm if we might have to refute and and not argue but set things straight let it never be set straight apart from anything but the word of God not what we used to do not what I think we should do not what our culture not what our custom put it all aside I just want to know what the word of God says because if it's not in the word we're not going to build a church on it if it's not in the word we're not going to make it a part of our worship if it's not in the word it's not going to be the life we live it's not going to be what we gain or what we what we emphasize if it's in the word and I break all this down this way I just want Jesus. How do you get Jesus? John said, the word was flesh and dwelt among us. How do I get to Jesus when I let this word be tattooed to who I am? It becomes a heartbeat of who I am. And so this morning, you know and I know that if we were lining up with Jesse's sons, might be some things God would look at and say my blood covers that but I don't want you to hold on to that my blood covers that but I don't want you to keep it did you hear me his blood covers it but he doesn't want you to keep it there's some things you gotta let it go you know why because I'm prone to wander and Lord I feel it I'm prone to leave the God I love but here's my heart Lord take and seal it and seal my heart for your courts above. Would you stand with me and let's sing that to the Lord today as we leave this morning. Thanks for listening. Tune in again next week.